0: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I bring you a very special guest. From our first steps into the ECW arena in Philadelphia to her return to wrestling after 10 years away. We speak to the queen of extreme, Francine, in this exclusive interview. Francine discusses getting into a business she knew nothing about, getting on TV, working with Shane Douglas, and she also shares some incredible stories. Francine, how are you today?
1: Good morning, gentlemen, how are you?
0: Gentlemen, Mark.
2: Francine, come on now. You know we're not gentlemen.
1: I think you are. That's <laughs> oh, how I see you anyway.
2: <laughs> thank you. You're such a sweetie pie. <laughs> Francine, it was so good to meet you. I'm just letting you know right now. Like uh, we We navigate this world of pro wrestling, and we travel long and far. And whenever we meet people that have done a lot in this industry, we tend to like, try to fill them out and see how they are. And I reported back to Dave. I said, Dave, (laughs) Francine is one of us.
1: Oh, that makes my heart happy. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you as well. And I was really glad that we got to sit there and and talk for as long as we did and get to know each other a little bit because I enjoyed our time together.
2: Yes, it was awesome. And I got, you know, so I was telling Dave, I, I sat there getting couch time with uh, <laughs> Shane and you and Gangrel and and it was just really really good to see how well Hornswoggle's event went and oh, um, and the reaction that you and Shane got uh, was absolutely wonderful. Does it ever get old uh, getting to the ring and feeling the the love and seeing the respect that the fans give you?
1: I, I will tell you the truth, and and this might come off as a little corny. Um, I was. Overwhelmed that weekend. I had done a show the night before in Ohio, uh, and then flew out to Wisconsin uh, for Dylan. And I was so scared because I hadn't worked in ten years. Um, I hadn't been, in, you know, involved in anything uh, like show wise in ten years, and I hadn't worked with Shane in fourteen. Although I have seen him at signings, and we kept in touch, um, but at I'm 47 years old and I honestly feel like my time in this business has passed uh, work-wise. I think I'm still okay to do signings and stuff, but I honestly didn't think anyone would even want to see me perform anymore because I'm just like, who wants to see a 47 year old running around ringside to me? Like I, I think I'm past my time. And a year ago, uh, Daphne who is a very good friend of mine literally forced me to join Twitter because I, I I didn't have any social media I wasn't really involved in anything but I was doing my first wrestlecon I was so overwhelmed with people wanting to follow me and talk to me on on Twitter and stuff like I, I didn't think anybody cared anymore so the response we got after like 10 years of not doing anything like I it brought tears to my eyes I was so so taken aback by everybody and and I I can't tell you enough how much I enjoyed the signings and and meeting people and listening to the stories I mean it, it really sounds corny when you think about it but the whole weekend just like I just took a step back and looked around and I was just like I missed this you know I well, haven't done it in so long and I and I truly missed it
2: well Francine there, there was about 1,500 to 2,000 people that uh, would, be, pay a, would, would not agree with you because <laughs> they cheer for you like you didn't miss a beat. Oh. And, and you didn't look like you missed a beat. It looked like Francine. And oh. you're not the <laughs> typical um, wrestling woman like 47-year-old, and most women 47-year-old would never tell you that they were forty-seven years old, unless they look like you look. <laughs> I'm proud of. Fra- hey, listen, guys. Y'all need to. Y'all need to Google Francine. Like, <laughs> Francine is. Well, not like, really, but. Poster hot.
1: Aww. Poster you're just hot. being nice because
2: I'm on the radio. No, no. I'm telling. Listen. <laughs> Francine, no, no. Francine, I'm not be... a bullshitter. Wow. <laughs> no, exactly. ma'am. I am not, and i you know, and and I think that there's beauty in 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 the the in the older woman, in the the woman that's uh, got a lot of experience. I tell my wife all the time, and she'll she if she was on the radio with us right now, she'd tell you that I have this infatuation with Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle is almost oh. seventy, okay, but beautiful. Inside and out, sure. and that's that's how I feel. Like meeting you, like you're as beautiful inside as out.
1: Oh my goodness, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Look at you, sexual chocolate. You're a charm. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. I love it. <laughs>
0: so, so, Mark, is it safe to stay? Safe to say that you want to stir it up with Patty Labelle?
2: Oh yeah, my <laughs> wife knows. It's it's really? it's, it's common knowledge.
1: Is, is she one of your five on your list? Like, if you met your wife, would give you a pass for number one?
2: Number, number one. One. No, my I wife know. is. Okay. She is very aware. Wow. How much I love Patty Labelle, and and we I have know. had this conversation before. Like, That's if awesome. Patty Labelle threw it at me, I would take it.
1: <laughs> she threw it at you. Oh
2: wow. Wow. So things you learn on Bust It Open. <laughs> Woo! We have that's to, amazing. we have to call, now we got to call Jana and so she can, she no. can attest to the fact
0: We don't, that. you know what? We will do that. I think that's, yeah, I have some questions for Mrs. Henry after this interview, Mark. That's yeah, great. She laughs
2: though. She's like, Mark, she's almost 70. Like, relax. Oh, I am like meet
1: your wife. I think I'd get along with her great.
2: Yeah, she's, she's a hot, she's a, she's a riot. She that's is.
0: Awesome. She, she's, she's.
2: My wife yeah, would not funny. get. My wife wouldn't give me a
0: pass for anybody. No. There is no way. <laughs> I don't think oh. she Viol- would either. She but just. She, is- she just
2: talks. She, I mean, it's, it's it's all in fun. It's no. I'm not gonna. Yeah, no,
0: I, I I know. And then Violetta. Once I've you know, I mean, it's not like Violetta is having everybody taste her pierogi for crying out loud. I should get no, a pass. No one's
2: tasting her pierogi.
0: <laughs> her
1: pierogi. Okay. Well. There you go. I call mine a cookie, but pierogi is another good word. Me, so. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what um, you're
0: talking about, Francine. I'm actually talking about a real pierogi.
1: Her her food, of course.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely.
2: She's exactly. an unbelievable cook. Sounds
1: good. I, I, from what I hear, absolutely,
0: yeah. But now, but Francine, if you're baking cookies, now we're we're talking about something completely Francine's different. Francine's Cookie Company. <laughs> I, I,
2: Sell that I'm
1: merch. I'm a cook.
0: I do it all, baby. I oh my God! Where did this interview go? <laughs> I've had, I have off so the many rails, legit baby. questions that this I want to talk to Francine rails about Thursday. You know what really? I'm
1: about three mark off. That's what it was. Got all hyped up over Patty
0: Labelle. It's the
2: coffee, Francine. I told oh. you. I told you in the in the in the in the little lounge, the little green room. I was Martha, I was all hyped up off coffee. <laughs>
1: Wait are you
0: playing
2: the ball game right now as you're
0: talking to me because I need to I'm not focus. I'm okay. not playing not, not on the, the air well, not okay, on the air. So wait okay. wait wait a second here. So are you telling me, Mark, that when you met Francine at this show and you were sitting on the sofa with
2: Francine you were playing a video game? <laughs> yeah, I was showing her I was showing her the balls game.
1: No because I was sitting across from him.
2: Dave, stop it. not there, that balls there, game.
1: No, no, no. I was sitting across from him and we were having a nice conversation and we, there was a television screen to the, to the right of me, to the left of Mark, which showed the show. So we were kind of watching the show and we were talking to each other and I heard boop, 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 boop. And finally I said, what are you doing over there? He's like, oh, it's a game. It's called ball, ball something or other. And he was playing it without even looking at the phone. And I was like, there's no challenge to that. Like, why are you even playing this? I'm like a four-year-old. <laughs> and he's like oh it's so relaxing and i'm just like okay well you got eight things going on right now and he's literally got his phone and he's playing this game while he's talking to me and we're watching the matches and he's conversing with everybody in the room so he's multi-talented yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a
2: multitasker
1: you yeah you are i can see why you know you lasted so long in this crazy business you could do it all
0: wonderful well, I'm glad he left because now he's with us on Busted Open. He does a tremendous job on the air.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Dave.
0: I'm I'm, I'm speaking from the heart, Mark. But no, seriously, Francine. What really got to me is you, when you're talking about coming back and being gone and not sureing how the fans were going to react. And you mentioned Daphne, and I've had multiple conversations with her. She's a she's an amazing woman as well, who has a yeah. tremendous fan base and she had a lot of the same fears and i know she had some doubts about going out to wrestlecon and, and being a part of and how people were going to react i hope she enjoyed the experience as much as you did
1: um i i think i enjoyed it more than she did um right now i i think uh i th- what, what's that line from the movie i thought i was out but they me back oh, from in.
0: Godfather Three, Al Pacino. Godf-
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's what I'm kind of experiencing right now because with working this past weekend, like I, I honestly thought this was all behind me, and I, I'm, you know, I'm just going to do signings and stuff. But the response we got has been so overwhelming that Shane and I are booked together like into the beginning of next year now. Wow! And wow! They have, they have me doing shows again. And I, like I said, I was apprehensive, but I had such a good time. And I mean, my health is not a hundred percent, so I, I can't like bump like I used to, and quite frankly, I don't want to because it hurts. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can still do some stuff, and um, I was able to swing that cane, and it just felt good, you know. And it was so, it was so great playing off the fans and stuff. So I, I realized that this weekend made me fall in love with wrestling again, so to speak, you know. And, and it was something that had been lacking because I'm, I'm just a mom, you know. I'm just a mom and a, and a housewife and a caregiver for my mom. And um, I have not been in front of people in forever. And that just gave me, like, a little taste. And I'm like, I think I want a little more. So, I, you know, if, if the people want us, we're going to come and we're going to do it.
0: I think that's so, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, man. that's really cool yeah. to hear, because you're right. It is, and I've had, I've used that line from Godfather Three multiple times when speaking to superstars here in this studio on this show, because it seems like it is something that's in your butt and you can't get out of it. And it seems like, from what you're saying, that you were out of it and you were happy about being out of it. You, you, you moved on. You, you know, you're now a mom and a wife and. Man, just that little bit of taste, just that little bit of love from the fans seems like now you're back on the track to, to being involved again and embracing that side of you. And I, I think that's awesome. I think that's a good thing.
1: It, you know, it made me it made me very happy. Um, it, it made me happy to be out there. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with my kids. Don't get me wrong. Like, the motherhood is the best thing I've ever done in my life. But I realized, like, you know, th- th- wrestling was a big part of my life, especially, like, in my – I started when I was 20 years old, you know, and this, this is, like, my 26th year in the business, so to speak, because I took a little bit of time off. But 26 years ago, I walked in, into Todd Gordon's um, pawn shop not knowing the soul and not knowing what I was getting myself into and having him tell me, oh, you're not going to bump because you're too pretty to bump. And I didn't even know what a bump was you know, at that point, I just watched wrestling on TV. I didn't know the, the language. Um, so he's, you know, talking carny to me and all this stuff. And I have no idea what's going on. I'm just sitting there listening to this man. And 26 years later, like I, I still find out that I have a passion for the business, even though I hadn't been doing it. So it's nice, um, to, to, so I I just reenter the sport, you know, and, and I feel like Shane and I are kind of breathing new life into each other because he's been working solo for so long. And now having me with him just adds another element to that. And having him join me on signings makes it that much better for the fans who who like us as a pair. So it's just working out well and I'm really happy with it.
2: Wow. That's, that's, that's one of the things I like about this business Francine is uh, the fans let you know all the time that you meant something to them and and ultimately every day you wake up and you feel like am i doing something that means something is this meaningful is am am i somebody that invokes um having somebody feel good about themselves, or you know you just want to be wanted and this business wants us and it, it never lets us go
1: and it's amazing because like in my mind I'm like, okay, it was like twenty years ago. I don't think they forget, but maybe they've moved on. People are still so passionate about ECW and about the triple thread and Shayna and I and I was just like I was sitting back like when we were doing the signing and, and just looking at our line and I was just like, Man, this is nice. Like it's it's so it made me feel so good. And it makes me feel like, yeah, maybe I did leave a mark on the sport somehow. You know what I mean? Like, I I just thought I was irrelevant in this day and age. But, I mean, you know, bookers are calling and they, they want us out there. So, um, like I said earlier, if they're going to call, we're going to come, you know. And and it's fun. If it wasn't fun, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, it, it wouldn't be beneficial to leave my family for the weekend if it was just like oh god I have to go to this job you know what I mean but I'm enjoying myself and and, and it's great and I'm, I'm able to help my family out financially uh, and I get to meet all the fans and I get to meet people like you Mark that I haven't come across you know it's great to meet other people in the business um you know younger talent and and new talent and i'm just enjoying myself it's just fun it's a lot of fun and sometimes
2: and sometimes you gotta you love your family but you you need a break you need a break (laughs) (laughs) i heard that Yeah, i love y'all to death bye
1: (laughs) i'll be be back in two
2: days three days
1: Yeah, but, you know, when I do my FaceTime and I see my children, like, part of me feels guilty that I'm away. Yes. And and I know a lot of the – maybe you feel that, too. I know a lot of the guys don't really get that. Mothers usually feel that more so. But when I call my kids when I'm gone, I mean, their little faces are, when you're coming home, Mommy, I feel so guilty. But then I'm saying, well, this is going to help pay for our next Disney Disney trip or this is going to help pay a bill. So I'm doing something positive for us, you know? And that that makes it okay.
2: It most definitely, I feel exactly the same way, Francine. how How can how can the fans reach you on social media?
1: Everything is under uh, ECW Diva Francine, and I had to put the diva in there because my name had been taken because I didn't join Twitter until a year ago. I'm really late <laughs> to the party. I would have never used the term diva in <laughs> in my name, but it was the only thing that would register. So I had Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, and I have a YouTube channel uh, that I blog on, and I do live streams a couple times a month where I get to talk to the fans and take questions live. Um, so I'm, I'm going uh, full force with this right now and, and just trying to, to make it a brand, you know, and, and see where it takes me, but uh, it's a part-time gig that I love, and and I'm I'm really happy to be back, and I really thank you guys for the opportunity to come on and and share a little bit of what's going on with
0: me today. So thank you so much. Are are we wrapping up already?
2: No. I was going to say, I got
0: a bunch of, like, the way you guys are talking is like, you know, like, first of all, I don't even feel like I'm a part of it. It's just a conversation between you and Mark. That's number one. And number two, I got all these questions, and you're, like, wrapping up the interview. I haven't even asked a question yet.
1: Dave, calm down, number one. And number two... I, I will say as long as you want me.
0: So shoot. All right, how did? All right, let's let's shoot. do this. Let's do this. So, you, you mentioned about you know starting out. How did you get? Like, what got you motivated? What got you interested in being a part of wrestling?
1: Um, I wasn't a fan growing up. I'm not gonna lie. Wasn't into it until probably I turned maybe 18 years old. And I started watching WWF at the time, and I watched Global. Those were the two feds that I used to watch. And when I got out of high school, I took a job at at a life insurance company in Center City, Philadelphia. And I worked there for a while, and I absolutely hated it. It was in a cubicle. I had no window to look out of. It just wasn't something I wanted to do. And I remember coming home one night and turning on sports channel Philadelphia at six o'clock on a Tuesday. And there was ECW and I didn't know any of the people that were on the show. uh, But I liked wrestling and it it was something new to watch. So I gave it a try and I started watching it every week. And um, about a month in there was a commercial that came on and it said, Hey, do you want to be a manager or a wrestler or a referee? Give us a call. I picked up the phone. I didn't know a soul. I called the number and I just said, you know, I'm interested. I watch your show, blah, blah, blah. And they, they gave me an address to come down and to meet the guy that was in charge. And here it was Todd Gordon, like I said earlier, at this pawn shop on Jewelers Row in Philadelphia. And I'm 20 years old. I don't know anybody. My dad drove me down there. He waited in the car because I didn't want to look like a baby walking in with my father. <laughs> but I was scared to have to go by myself. And um, I had to get buzzed in. And uh, I walk in, and there's a couple people behind glass windows, and they point to this door down the hall. And I just go down the hall, and I open the door, and there's Todd with his feet on the desk, with his arms crossed, and he's just looking me up and down, and I'm just like, what the heck did I just get myself into? Like, (laughs) I don't even know what's going on. It's a back room. This guy looks shady. Like, I don't even know. Um, But I sat down, we started talking, and he just explained to me, you know, you you would be going to a wrestling school, and the school is in the back of the ECW arena in South Philly, and uh, my trainer was supposed to be Larry Winters, uh, but I wasn't available at the time he was available. So we had JT Smith train me instead. And I just went and I, you know, I started training with him. I was the only girl there at the time. Um, we started training. Todd came down. He wanted me to do like a tryout match. So I had a wrestling match. And then they told me to come to a show um, where I was going to be, uh, I believe it was Miss Montgomeryville. It was in Montgomeryville, Pennsylvania. It wasn't TV or anything. It was just a house show. And that was the first time I met Paul, Paul Heyman. And I remember I go in the locker room and I shake his hand and he says to me, oh, uh, you're going to take a choke slam tonight. And, like, we didn't do choke slams in in wrestling school, so I wasn't really sure what it was because I hadn't really seen 911 on TV that much at that point. And uh, I just looked at him and he's like, you don't want to do it? And I said, no, I'll do it. I said, I don't even know what it is. He says, don't worry, they'll guide you. I said, oh, okay. So they had me come out and I'm waving to fans like I won this beauty pageant and I'm the, the guest uh, timekeeper. And during the match, I, I see Al come out and he grabs me and, it, and he gives me that choke slam. And at the time, I think I was like about 110 pounds soaking wet. I was really little. And the whole crowd just gasped, and then it was quiet. And they put me on a stretcher, and they took me out the back door, and they put me in a car and had somebody drive me home. I didn't even go to the locker room. And that was it. Paul, I, somebody had called me. It might have been Dreamer or something, and, and they're like, Paul, I want you to come to the next show. And I said, okay. And I just kept showing up. And Will you do this? Sure, sir. Will you do that? Sure, sir. Whatever they wanted me to do, I just did. And then he was just like, you're ready for TV. And I said, okay, because I I had done house shows for them for a little bit. And then um, I got a contract. So everything just fell into place, you know. And I was just, I was so eager to work. I was just like, yeah, I'll take that finish. I'll take your finish. I don't care. (laughs) you know. And, um, And we did the table spot. And then it just erupted.
2: Francine, so was, can it, I can I tell you, give you a reenactment of how your uh, walking in the door went?
1: My walking in the door? Sure.
2: Yeah. When you came into wrestling and you went down oh. to Todd's office. Yes. and Todd had his legs up on the desk and he had his arms <laughs> folded and y'all had your conversation. And then you, y'all shook hands and you left and went back to the car feeling good. Wow. This was awesome. I'm going to start learning to wrestle. And he got on the phone and he called Paul and he called everybody that he knew and said, holy smokes, guys, well, this lady just came in. She is hot. Oh, we got to have her on the show.
1: I don't know about that. I oh, yeah.
2: I oh, that. yeah. I, I know for a fact that that's how that phone call went. <laughs> and, and, and when you showed up to school, they were like, make sure that she doesn't hurt herself. And oh. she'll be, she'll learn it on the job training because, um, there's no, there's a lot of people that come in our industry and I, I work with our talent development and it's pretty cool to see people come into business, new green, you know, just full of energy. And, um, I can see you walking in that office and I can see you getting, um, wonced over by all the young guys that are waiting in line too. Cause <laughs> all of those guys don't think for oh. one second that they weren't going smooth. Who is that?
1: Well, you know, but, but Mark, here's the thing. I, I wanted to work. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't brought in by my boyfriend who was a wrestler or like, I, I just wanted to work. So I wanted to prove to them yeah, I am one of the boys. Let me take your finishers. That was my thing. Like, I, I wanted to take the guy's finishers. And I'm like, oh, you do this? Okay, I'll take that. You want to do total elimination? I'll take that. You want to put me at their table? Sure, I'll take that. And I wanted to earn their respect. And that was my business plan, so to speak. You know, and I didn't want them to think I was coming in as a rat or as somebody who was going to get passed around the locker room or, oh, she, she's just a pretty girl, we're not going to do anything with her. No, I want it to work. And I made that very clear to Paul, like, you know, whatever you want to do, I'm down for. And, you know, I think that really helped me in the beginning, because nobody, nobody knew who I was. You know, I didn't have any, any friends in the business, I didn't know a soul. And to come in as green as I was, and just be willing To work like that's
2: all I wanted to do was work and and that's a big plus too you know to come in unjaded nobody knows Mm -hmm. you nobody can talk about you nobody can throw salt in the game and and I'm sure that uh with that type of attitude uh you had a lot of people that was like man I'd love to work with her because she doesn't complain she doesn't moan and, and and bitch about stuff so we 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 we're having that with the uh, the youth of today. Uh, mm-hmm. People have expectations of what they feel like they should be doing, rather than coming in and just closing their mouth and uh, just following direction. And uh, it's good to see that you were one of those that yeah, you know, I just mean, came I, I was, did whatever.
1: Right. I I was actually lucky though because I worked with people that asked me. What do you think about this? What do you think about this spot? Is there anything you, you would like to do? Being as green as I was and getting to be vocal was was huge because, like, you know, it, it, it was the different atmosphere in ECW, and, and we were a little more laid back. But, like, having Shane as a partner, he always, always included me and ask me, is there any spot that you would throw in here? What do you like to do? You know, and Paul was so approachable that I can go up to him and I could say, hey, Paul, i thought of this spot. Like, is there any way we can put this in? I think it would be cool. Or is there any way that you can twist it and make it better? Uh, we, didn't, You know, we didn't get in trouble for opening our mouths, uh, but I, I knew never to cross the line as well, like not to be too vocal, but they, they – were willing to listen and, and ask me my opinion, which I thought was great, you know, and, and just because everybody has thoughts in their head and if it wasn't going to work, they would say, no, we're, we're, we'll pass on that. And I was fine with it. But then there were some times would say, oh yeah, we'll, we'll put that in here. Um, you know, so I would never demand to do something, but if I could sweep something in and they okayed it, it was great. It was, it was, um, It was a great place to work. I I was never nervous going into that company to work with anybody there. So um, it was a great seven years of my life, for sure. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156, or on demand with the SiriusXM app.
0: You know, Francine, earlier in the show, Mark and I were talking about you know garnering emotion uh, from the fans and you were able to do that as well I mean I think everybody remembers you know Tommy Dreamer and you turning on Tommy Dreamer and aligning yourself <laughs> with Raven and honestly th- that feud between Dreamer and Raven is one of the, the best feuds in the history of pro wrestling in my opinion and, mm-hmm. and, and you were definitely in the middle of that I mean what was that like for you and it's one thing getting love uh, from fans and being a part of something but what was it like to be on the other side where you're getting as much hate as you did at that time from the fans
1: I believe I was a heel about 90% of my career and I truly loved being a heel um, you know I, I loved working so when I had to be a babyface, I was okay with it of course uh, being a heel is just so much more fun and to elicit some of the chants that the people <laughs> throw at me. I mean, there there has been so many times that you know I got she's a what she's a crack whore or she has she's got herpes or when I uh, when I bit Terry Funk's ear and had the blood all over me, I had it I had an HIV chant at me. I mean, crazy crazy crowd response. I loved every single minute of it. Uh, the, the more they called me names, the more I ate it up. Because, you know, it, it means you're doing your job.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, I didn't care what they called me. Because my character was a dirty bitch, a dirty whore. That's what she was. Uh, I, I am total opposite in real life. So I, hope people, <laughs> I hope people know that about me. But it was such a fun character to play. You know what I mean? So so turning on guys and getting that crowd reaction, it meant the world to me. It means you're doing your job correctly, you know? And um, I remember, like, you know, because some of the – well, most of the outfits I wore left <laughs> little to the imagination back then, and the initial response from the crowd was always a cheer, but after, like, five seconds, they'd start booing me again. You know, and like we were able to turn them um, every single match. And that was something that I took pride in because it, it's just like, you know, it's easy for a, a girl to get cheered if she's half naked, but how are you going to make them boo you? You know, and it was just, it was fun. It, it was a challenge. And I loved, I loved making the crowd take.
0: If that makes any sense, it does. And, and, okay. And 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 listening to you is the, you know. And the, is there one moment or one match? Is there one memory that you probably cherish more than any other during your career?
1: I believe, for me, I I, I think the turn on the pitbulls uh, when I ended up with Shane Douglas and and went through the table was probably one of the biggest high points in my career because number one I don't believe that there was I mean maybe overseas it happened but I I, I've been told several times I am the first girl to ever go through a table I don't know if that's true or not but that's what I've been told Um, the build-up to that turn was amazing I don't think anybody had seen it coming because the way Paul had planned it out it just everything fell into place and so when i stood in the center of the ring and i took that skirt off and i had you know franchise written on my my um my panties and turned to the crowd and showed them everybody was just like gasping you know and then the payoff yeah that bitch is going to go through a table you know and then shane carries me off and gives me a kiss and we solidify our relationship and I work with him for the next three years and I probably would have been with him longer if he didn't defect to WCW. But, um, for me, that just, that, that was my first heel turn, you know? And, it, and it's the best one, I think, in my opinion, I think it just put me on the map at that point.
2: Franchise, uh, I call you franchise. <laughs> Francine, uh, I am the franchise. <laughs> you, you are, you are the franchise. Uh, <laughs> Can you give Tommy Dreamer, and we've talked about Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer is one of our co-hosts. And uh, can you give us uh, a story about Tommy? Uh,
1: (laughs) There there are several stories about Tommy Dreamer. Um, hmm. I remember, well, I remember a lot of things, but there was this one time um, our good friend C.W. Anderson uh, used to get really sick over uh like people throwing up uh or people you know getting sick or doing gross things or whatever you know as well as I do Tommy does really gross stuff and I had a brownie that I really wanted to eat but I thought it would be funny if (laughs) so disgusting uh Tommy stuck the brownie up his butt and took his pants down and was leaning over, I don't even know if he was, I don't, it was in the middle of a locker room, he wasn't over a toilet, from what I remember, but he was just like leaning over with his butt out, and we were going to call CW in the room for something, and then he would see Tommy in like the brownie, which <laughs> It's so stupid, it's so stupid. <laughs> and so he's off positioned, and he's leaning over and like I think I was the one who ran and got CW to come in and I'm pulling him in the room and like Tommy's like straining and and he makes this brownie fall out of his butt and CW literally starts gagging to the point where he's going to throw up and he runs out of the room like a little baby because he's getting sick to his stomach. <laughs> but just, 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 I mean, Tommy just leaning over with a brownie hanging out of his butt cheeks. It's just so stupid. And just sucking. I can <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my
2: God. I know. Just T- Tommy's a piece of work.
1: He really Oh, my is. gosh. He really is. But, uh, yeah, that was a good one. And I think Steve up literally, like, kind of threw up a little bit. But um, that was one of many, you know. But there's, there you go. There's a good one.
0: <laughs> that's a damn good one, Francie.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, that's <laughs> so good. What
2: that's I so good. To-
1: like I was so pissed off because I wanted to eat that brownie, but I didn't get to eat it, obviously. Yeah, once it want, touches to Tommy's
2: butt cheek. Yeah, you probably That's want to brownie.
0: avoid that as much as possible.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I did. We threw it out, but um, it, it went to a good cause because we got CW good. But I, I love CW, he's the best. <laughs>
0: You know, I was—I was. I was just, this was going to be a time that I wrapped up the interview because it's really going long, and we have commercials to get to. But I I'm do. So sorry. But no, but no, no. This is awesome. I mean, I—I I think the fans are loving it. The uh, interaction on social media is absolutely fantastic, and if people want to follow Francine, like she said before, it's at ECW Diva Francine, and she also has. Um, Uh, a shirt store on pro wrestling tees as well so you definitely want to check that out and like you mentioned too you have the youtube page so that there's a lot you know there's a lot of ways and now who knows maybe um you, you know you'll be appearing at some conventions and things as well to interact with some fans so um you know we would love for you to to stop by studio if you're ever in new york if you ever venture out to new york city we'd love to have you in studio
1: well, that would be fun, but I thought I was going to be like Shawn Michaels and and do
0: an hour uninterrupted. That's not happening today. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's oh, okay. a, now maybe if you now maybe if you showed up at our ten year anniversary party, we would go yeah. the whole uh, the you, whole hour you, I, wait, commercially wait, uninterrupted. That, but since that didn't happen.
1: Look, I had to take a train. I didn't know where I mm-hmm. was going. I mm-hmm. had luggage. It was a it was a whole thing going on. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry, but you could have came by my table if you were that You could have came to <laughs> the building, Dave. What happened there? I didn't see you. I,
2: if I had known, I, I would have come.
1: Oh. I, Mark, I know you would have come, but look how quiet
0: he is now.
2: Yeah, he's quiet as a Hello? church mouse now.
0: Are you there? I'm here. No. I'm here. Oh. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Uh-huh. I, okay. All right. All right. So we'll we'll continue. We'll go. We'll break the rules and continue and go a little bit longer. Mm. Uh, now, uh, just just for that, I had to, you called me out, so now I'm definitely going to make it longer. Um, so a lot of people have talked about there's rumors and innuendos, and maybe you can confirm. Were you ever approached by the WWF, and then there are people that have said that they tried to make you, or I guess at least pitch to you, being sister love for brother love? Any truth to that? There
1: is truth to that. Um, There was a gentleman by the name of Ed Cohen that used to work there, and um, I think, gosh, I think I was still with the pit bull. So I was like really, really green. It was probably like 1994, 95. And um, this gentleman used to call my house. And when I wasn't there to take the call, like he would talk to my mom and he would tell my mom like, Oh, she's going to make so much more money with, with our fed than she is now. So like I would come home and my mom would be like, Oh, this nice man, Ed Cohen called. And he says you're going to make more money if you work for WWF, so you should really go there. And I was like, oh, uh, you know, okay. But he, like, when I would talk to him, he would say, "Don't tell Paul we called and had this conversation." And so I'm just like, okay. And um, finally, I, I don't know how many, like, after two or three calls, I felt guilty because I felt like I was doing something behind Paul's back. And I went to him. And I honestly didn't want to leave. I, I had just found my groove, you know, in ECW. Or we, I was getting TV time. Um, I said to Paul, look, I said, Ed Cohen, he knew exactly who I was talking about. I said, this this man's calling me. And he's telling me, you know, he wants me to be like this sister love. And they want to, because they were, I guess they were using like models for, at any time they would go to a different city. They would bring somebody in to walk mm-hmm. with him. Yep. And they were telling me, like, you know, you would be on the road. Um, you wouldn't have to, again, you're not going to bump or do anything physical. You're just going to be like an arm piece. And that kind of turned me off because, like, I, I wanted to work, you know. So I explained to Paul everything that this guy was telling me. And, and Paul's like, I can't compete with their money. And I just looked at him and I said, well, I know. And he said, well, what would make you stay? And I said, well, can I get a little bit of a raise? And he bumped my pay up, you know, and that was one of many times he bumped my pay up. But he bumped it up, and he just said, I would love to keep you here. He said, but if you want to leave, I understand. And I said, I wow. don't want to leave. I said, I I, had, I no desire to leave. And, and Loyalty. Brincene,
2: so loved- you're awesome. I, I love you. Paid-
0: Guys, I, would, I, I hate I hate forever. to break up the party, but we actually do have to take a commercial break. So I'm sorry. No, <laughs> Alex, match. <I'm sorry>. <laughs> See Francine, you I got to pay the bills. See Francine, Alex, you, got you, nice you got me in trouble. You got me in trouble, Francine. I'm
1: sorry, I went too long. I'm chatty.
2: Forgive me. We'll have to do a part two. Yeah, we'll have to do a part yeah, we two. We got to do a part two. You got to come back.
1: I will come back. Well, Mark, you have my number, and Dave, you know how to get me, so whenever you want me, <laughs> let me know.
0: I love it. Mark, you have my number. Dave, you know how to get in touch with me. You know, yeah, write well, a Dave write a letter he, or, uh, you know, you send a want, telegram. You don't want to
1: meet me in person for some reason, so, you know. He that's weak. how you get to visit. I'm, I'm weak.
0: You don't want to break down? I'm weak. Francine, thank you so much for your time. We truly appreciate it. I thank you guys. I love the show. Love you. And, uh, yeah, if you need me, call me. Call me, Mark. All right, we will do. You got it. Mark's got the digits. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: The Busted Open Podcast.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?